find yourself asking, what's really going on? And what, what don't they want us to know? I'm like, you know, roller skates or something. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> that'll be my solution. Keep them on edge. Oh, do you reckon if we both had different countries and yeah. we went to war with each other, who do you think would win? Genuinely can't say that that's a bad thing because some of the people that get to the top of where they are have that. Like there's yeah. a metal band, there's alpacas. <laughs> you know, when you label yourself a victim and play the victim, you foster the game. Yeah, see, like, like, that's weird. Like, like, me dancing at a fucking local pub in front of people scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. Me being fake turned up in a fucking G-banger. And, like, <laughs> yeah, totally on, fine. On stage, flexing with another bunch of dudes who are in G-bangers. Fucking sweet. <laughs> not, a, not a trauma at all, hey. Let's face it, I teach dancing three nights a week, totally sober, so if I can't dance at the pub, then there's something wrong with me. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's and fair. But dancing is hard. Like, I think that, for me, teaching, like, losing those inhibitions, like, that's like people can lift themselves upside down at pole they can do all of that stuff but when it comes to actually dancing and being sexy it takes years to be able to loosen up enough to do that yeah, and sometimes people yeah, never get it yeah yeah <laughs> they're like no i'll do all the tricks but you're not going to get me to wiggle my ass <laughs> is that just confidence thing you think or is that i think it's a confidence thing i think sometimes um I think there are some stigmas associated with particularly the kind of dancing that we do at the studio, so that kind of, you know, sensual, exotic, I guess for want of a better word, stripper-style dancing. Yeah. Women are told not to do that, not to move in that way, not to behave in that way. Um, Even in a room full of women, that's a really comfortable environment. It's hard for us to be like, you know what, I can do this and it doesn't make me slutty. Yeah, It just makes me creative and expressive and interesting. Yeah, right. Did um, did strippers steal pole dancing from people that were trying to be expressive, or did strippers come up with it? Pole originates as a like a circus art in China, like really like yeah, hundreds of years ago. Uh, so Chinese pole, which was very very much acrobatic. Yeah. Um, so the actual idea of uh, poles in strip clubs is a fairly new thing. Um, and then um, probably in the last probably only in the last twenty years that it's been. A sport, uh, which was originally started by people who had been strippers, who were like, you know what, I'm going to teach you everyday girls how to move like this and and get fit with it at the same time. Yeah, copy that. Um, anyone that hasn't picked up, Swanee hasn't. Oh, are we recording? Changed his act. Oh, I think it is. Yeah, this is sweet. We'll roll <laughs> with this. Um, we have a guest, Ellen Jones, on yep. the podcast. Yep. Um, brief introduction to pole dancing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so did you want to introduce yourself? Really quick, we've already sort of spoke a little bit, but... Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, my name is Ellen. I am a member at One Strength. I'm a co-owner of a pole studio in town, Revolution Aerial. I'm a solicitor um, in my spare time, I suppose. I'm a mum of three. I don't sleep very much. That's me. Yeah, copy. <laughs> sick. Sick. Sweet. Um, and we were talking before the pod that uh, you were a journalist before yeah so before I um, went into law worked as a journalist did a lot of court reporting got interested in law that way Um, yeah and just work locally uh, work with a lot of local families and businesses sorting out their legal stuff yeah copy what um so how how long were you a journalist for before you moved into law uh six 
years, I think. Yeah, six years. And then um, did my law degree while I um, was kind of treading water in that phase where you have small children and you're like, what do I do with my career? And really wanted a kind of change where I could spend more time with them and make sure that, you know, they were my number one focus rather than my job. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm which is really good. And it works that way. I run a small family business with my husband, so we get to call the shots as to how much time we spend there and when we pick the kids up from school and making it to their assemblies and matches and all of that stuff that I... Like, that's a priority for me as a parent, being there. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Sick. Um, we sort of, like, we poked a bit of fun on it before. What's, what's arguing like when... Both um, <laughs> both partners in a relationship with lawyers. It's actually really funny. People ask this all the time, but we um, we pretty much don't fight. And I think the reason for that is that, like, it's probably clear that that argument may go on forever. Yeah, it seems like more <laughs> trouble than it's worth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just let the issue stay rather than a massive fight. Yeah. Um, also, both of us do a whole lot of family law, so, you know, separations, divorces, all of that kind of stuff. And I think... We have a real appreciation for the fact that, you know, you should pick your battles and not sweat the small stuff. Yeah, copy. Like, separation is really hard. It's hard on people. It's hard on their kids. And I'm like, I do not have the energy to go through that, particularly with another lawyer, so let's just try and make this work. (laughs) Yeah, copy. (laughs) And I suppose, like, um, like, by the time people have come to you for, like, family law advice, like, shit's already sort of hit the fan and yeah. gone bad. So I suppose, like, probably fair to say that you see the, like, the exaggerated outcome of when things do go bad, so you'd be able to be yeah, absolutely. proactive like, with. So many people manage to sort out their separations without getting a lawyer involved and all power to them, but sometimes that's not possible for a number of reasons. I think the big mistake I see people make, and this is particularly a man problem, is not going to see someone soon enough. Um, you know, if you're in a position where you're separated, you're not seeing your kids, you're really worried about that, please don't go and talk to your friends about it at the pub. Like, they're not, you know, they might love you, but they're not going to help you. Don't leave it two years before you go, oh, hey, I haven't seen my kids. Just be proactive. Do sorry, something sorry, about sorry. it. When, when you say, like... Like, is like fucking I'll, like, I'll be first. I mean, fucking dudes are useless for that shit. <laughs> totally useless. Yeah, I was just but, about to back that but, um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, with that, when you say don't see someone, do you mean not see someone for legal advice or do you mean not see like a fucking shrink or something when the relationship's going shit? Go and do yeah. both. Go and get your legal advice. Go and get your mental health sorted because separation can be really hard on men. Um, often. Not on women? Definitely hard on women as well. From my point of view, it often tends to come as a surprise to guys like they aren't aware that things are that bad before a relationship ends whereas women are kind of already you know they're better at kind of processing that and moving on um it's guys I find really struggle with that mental health aspect around separation yeah um and often maybe don't have the same level of social support that women have women are really good at relying on their friends and telling them when they're not okay whereas men sometimes aren't as good at that so I think, yeah, it's really important to get in there early, get your get your legal advice, get your mental health advice, deal with it. Um, and don't expect that just because you're a guy, the family court system is going to be against you. That's a really common misconception and it's not actually the case. Yeah, if you deal in. with it proactively, if you're a good bloke, you will get to see your kids. You might just have to fight for it. Copy. Copy. 
Um, do you think that's a bit of a generalisation to say that dudes suck with it, or do you think you're on the coal face and you sort of see more dudes suck with it, like as a ratio sort of thing? It's very much, I mean, it's total personal experience here, yeah. but, yeah, I deal with that problem all the time where people have just left it really late to mm. do something about mm. it. And we struggle with their argument because of that. Because if you turn up two years later and say to the court, I want to see my kids, the court's going to be like, what have you been doing for the last two years, mate? Yeah, when, yeah. when you said that, that was actually made a lot of sense because I'll be in store and it might be just a regular customer and I'll say, hey, you going kind of thing. And I have genuinely heard the, oh, me ex-wife won't, won't let me see my kids and stuff. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about that. Like, why are you telling me that kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 And I think there's been some... Um, there are some fairly out there men's rights groups, like father's rights groups on the internet, which mm-hmm. are really unhelpful for this situation where they're like, you know, this happened to me, the family court won't let you see your kids, what's the point of even worrying about it? It's not the case. Sometimes those dads have really violent histories and that's why they're not allowed to see their kids. Um, In my experience, get a good lawyer, do something about it, it will happen. Mm. Copy. Feels a lot of, like, generalising happening here, like, against men on your behalf a little bit here. But oh, and, and that's the way it's just coming across. And, like, maybe because I'm a dude, I'm a bit more defensive <laughs> of, of dudes. And I'm wrong, like, a few things you've said, like, it seems like you're more defensive of chicks, which is yeah a normal thing. But I think, I don't know, like, I've seen a lot of proper horror stories on both sides. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, I think it's a bit... And, again, I suppose you're in on the cold face of it, so you would see it more. But... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I hear some proper fucking horror stories about dudes not being able to see their kids, and I think um, I think part of that stigma exists for a reason. To be like, to be honest, I, I see. I don't. I don't think that that is the way the court necessarily operates. I think mm-hmm. um, I think it's more a case of mistakes being made along the way. Um, delay is particularly one of them, mm-hmm. um, and also. Um, I'm not saying that the people you've spoken to are bad guys, but there is the issue that we have a problem with male violence against women and children in mm-hmm. Australia, and that is sometimes the reason people aren't allowed to see their kids. I, I totally agree. Like when, when you said sometimes, totally agree. And I think that... And I, I guess the reason I'm getting a little defensive is like it sounds very generalised term, but... I think there's a lot of assholes out there, regardless of whether they're a dude or a chick. Oh, absolutely. Like, and you know what I mean. Like, like and I'm I'm not here defending any fucking like. There's plenty of dudes I know, plenty of dudes I know of that are proper fucking wankers. At, at the same time, there's some fucking asshole chicks out there as oh, well, sort of thing. Yeah, and part of the problem, I guess. So I don't see a problem with the system in terms of how it treats people in regards mm-hmm. to gender. The problem yeah. I see with the system is that. Um, the way it's structured, it's really easy for people to get away with lying about each other. 100%. And that happens on both sides of the coin. Um, It's also a system where I think think the legal profession makes too much money out of it and Mm -hmm. I'm willing to take a hit for the greater good there. I think um, if you, you know, you see someone walk into your office, you're like, I could settle this for three grand or I can take it to court for 30. And there are lawyers who will do that. 
Yeah. They have a vested interest in not settling because it's going to take them on their next skiing holiday. Yeah. yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up. And if it was... There are systems overseas, for example, I think it's the UK where if you can't settle it in the first instance, so someone instructs you as their family lawyer, you can't settle it, then you can't be the lawyer who takes it to court. So, so, can, then, so sorry, can you just sort of... So if, pretend I'm a two-year-old. Go yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay, just so, sorry, so yeah. before, before court happens, there's mm-hmm. a process where you try and resolve it by mediation, by negotiation. By, is, that, is that with lawyer? Yeah, or, or is, so yeah, okay, by yeah, picking up yeah. the phone, lawyer talks to lawyer, whatever. Try mm-hmm. and get it sorted get it all documented, get it done before you even think about going to court. In the UK, if your first lawyer can't do that, if they can't resolve it, they can't be the person who then takes it to court, which means that there's no advantage to them in stopping it from settling. Yeah, copy. So, copy, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Well, that, that's, that sounds like a good system. Yeah, I think it is a good system and I think it probably um, solves some of those issues of people making a truck ton of money out of people's misery. Yeah, for sure. And I, I can fully get on board with we shouldn't capitalise on that. Oh, absolutely. It's terrible, yeah. And the other problem just generally is funding and the system itself. So delays in getting things into court, um, a lack of... Um, so there's court-appointed counsellors, there's not enough of those, takes ages to get family reports and psychological reports. It's incredibly expensive. It's just a really broken cumbersome shitty system yeah, um, yeah and people get caught up in it and really hurt by it especially children mm. no i don't think there's fucking an argument you've had about that that, that yeah. makes total sense like yeah I, I never even thought about it from the incentivized point of view of the lawyer hey yeah and it does happen that way and you know i it's rare like i think most people who work in family law are pretty pretty honest and pretty good but yeah every now and then you come across people you know, there are a couple of lawyers I know. If I have them on the other side, this will not settle until the courtroom steps. Until uh, they've made their several thousand dollars out of it. It's not... It doesn't matter what I do. doesn't ma- matter what my client does. doesn't matter how reasonable we are. It's not going to settle. Fucking hell. Yeah. See, that's... A, and that, and that, that's my opinion with all this stuff. And I think the issue is, is because people lie. And people are shit. Yeah. And that's people that are going to the lawyers, and by sound sometimes that's the fucking lawyers, and yeah. sometimes just people are shit in general. Yeah, and then exactly. I suppose to go back to it, like, I don't know, do, do you envision a, be- a better system coming through, or do you think that just the system is... Is there anything in place at the moment to, like, trying to make the system... Yeah, better? there's a couple of um, federal reviews of the family law system which have happened recently, which have kind of looked at streamlining it a bit more. Um, I don't think they've made a great deal of difference in terms of, of how we... I mean, they changed the name of one of the courts. <laughs> they always just change a name. That seems to be what happens when the government decides yeah. to do something. Give a different title to it. Um, and also, like... There's been COVID has actually caused like way more problems as well because it's put a lot of pressure on relationships. There've been more issues with particularly interstate custody arrangements. All of that stuff has really blown it out as well. And there's no resources to deal with that. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, it's not a, it's not a really popular issue. It's not something that it grabs attention until you're in it, yeah. and then you're like, oh, I care about it now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because there was a lot of um, 
and we were talking about this before about how there's a lot of uncharted territory with law around COVID. Yeah, and all of our legal systems are struggling to deal with that. Yeah, in the in the centre, I mean, two people got fined five grand each like that because I was sitting on the benches, like in in the centre. Wow. This was like back in March. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Because I was in the store like chewing the fat one day, and you're like, yeah. Man, we can get shit if we're sitting here, like, talking shit for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty And bad. I think, um, you know, the speed with which those kind of laws were introduced means that, you know, catching up with them, like, knowing what you can and can't do in the first place is, like, you know, the rules change every day. Yeah. Um, if there are benches there, people are naturally going to sit on them. Well, the <laughs> way they changed it was um, they had, like, caution tape wrapped around the bench after that like it just looked ridiculous problem but what if you're like, yeah, yeah. Hazard. <laughs> just on the bench. what if you're like you know 85 years old and exhausted and you need to sit down yeah like sometimes getting through the shops can be hard for people yeah yeah I think um, I think you know we need to be really careful when laws change really quickly like that because it's easy um, it's easy for mistakes to be made and for our rights to be eroded um, when lawmakers are doing thing, you know, doing things by the seat of their pants and not, um, you know, those normal processes, checks and balances that we go through in changing laws have not been in place in this. Yeah, I um, can you, like for a dummy like me, can you can you explain the like just in a like a very simple term of like how a law would normally be changed? Because like, yeah, so, so, like something I've struggled with with COVID is how quick we've been dictated to do different shit. Yeah. And, like, so, it doesn't sit well with me at all. So, yeah, you normally have to go through your whole two houses of parliament process. Um, yeah. It can take months, if not years, to change mm-hmm. laws, particularly when it comes to, you know, people's civil liberties. Like, when you look at, for example, um, the recent legislation to decriminalise abortion in New South Wales, two-year process. To decriminalise. So was abortion illegal? Abortion was illegal until about, I think, two years, 18 months ago. Yeah, it could be. One of the last states in in Australia where it was illegal. So that, yeah. Yeah, it could be. I I mean, illegal in the sense that um, you had to show that you had a medical or mental health reason for getting an abortion. If you couldn't show that, then you'd committed an offence. No shit. Hmm. Not PC, but it was was that pretty easy to get? Like, could you just go and say you're depressed and... Yeah. Whatnot, I mean, and you just... abortion still happened in New South Wales. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Every woman, every woman who got one in New South Wales ran the risk of criminal prosecution. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even... And that's, that's yeah, that's, that's a really pretty... recent legal change. Yeah. But, you know, and that... I bought that, that example, A, because it's interesting, and B, because it's around that kind of healthcare aspect like COVID is. So we're talking, you know, multiple debates in Parliament, people, you know, debating this till the middle of the night yeah, um, yeah. to make this one change to the Crimes Act, whereas because of the, you know, because laws can be made in emergencies like they have during COVID, we're not seeing that same kind of scrutiny applied yeah. to all of the regulations that have come in. Um, some of them are probably highly necessary, but I think, you know, I think we all need to be vigilant about... Um, about laws that affect what we can and can't do as citizens yeah. that are made really quickly. Well, there's like, there's a balance, hey. Like a lawless society is, you're in big shit yeah. with a lawless society. Like, and like, a lot of laws I fucking totally agree with. 
like, yeah, yeah, I got stung with speeding the other day, but the whole law about not speeding totally makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It saves like, lives. Yeah. yeah like, you know what I mean? Like, like when I got fined, I was like, yeah, they're cool. Like, and the logic behind, like, why we make it a law not to speed totally makes sense to me. The law yeah. around why we shouldn't drink drive totally makes sense to me. So, like, I'm not for, like, this anarchist lawless society, but I don't know, like, when laws get changed really quick and we get dictated to and people... Like, I think with COVID, there's been this big... Like, there's a lot of power in government. And, yeah. like, even, like, you know, that, those cops that find people two grand... Yeah. Or five grand, sorry, in front of your store. Yeah. That's a lot of power vested straight to cops yeah, as well. Yeah, it's huge. Like, yeah. that's... And then that's, like, a just up to their discretion, you know what I mean? Like... But I definitely have noticed, like, police force has been upped ridiculously yeah. lately. And I do think it is to make back a lot of the... JobKeeper money you reckon we've had 100% absolutely there's some revenue in those COVID fines there definitely is do you reckon cops get incentivised by the amount of fines they put out is that a thing I don't know I don't know I don't know how it works there is like a a quota isn't there for how many like I guess pullovers you're supposed to do or something like that yeah I'm not sure exactly how their how their system works and whether they are you know encouraged to do that yeah um but, yeah, I think it's also – it's really important that laws make sense. Like, if you want people to – like, as you said, speeding, drink driving, that makes sense. 100%. If you want people to follow the rules, then you have to, you know, you have to explain it to them. I don't get why – so, for example, you can't sing in the school choir because of COVID. Like, choirs, banned, not happening. But you can go to the cricket, like... Yeah, and, and, <laughs> just... and, and, and I think, like, sorry to cut you off, um, a, a thing that I've definitely struggled with and I think a lot of people have struggled with is really, like, um, the hypocrisy yeah. of some of the laws and the inconsistency. And you, Like, as you sort of mentioned earlier, like, that's sort of bound to happen when you make shit and push it through really quick. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I don't know. Like, like I, I personally, I'm not for a lot of the COVID laws. Like, um, I to me, it sort of blows my mind a little bit that the government can just be like, everyone shut their business down. Yeah. Like that. That to me is nuts. It was like I would say the most stressful period of my entire life was when my kids couldn't go to school and I still had to keep our small business running. My husband and I did not take any time off work. It didn't get any quieter. We had our kids at home. So we ended up employing someone to come and look after our kids and homeschool them while we were trying to run the business, which was, as far as I can tell, that was legal. But when I got home and had a gin and tonic with her and socialised with her at the end of the day, that's when I was breaking the law. Yeah, and that law. is stupid. Like, yeah. she had hung out with my kids all day. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just ridiculous. If she'd moved in, would have been all right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that... That's nuts, hey? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. nuts. And but like, is it to dumb down so the... Yeah, I guess. So, like, with the whole, like, school choir thing and, like, obviously that's a group of people and stuff. Is that just to blanket... Obviously, like, if we made it real specific, like, if you started saying groups like choirs can be fine but then groups like this group aren't fine and all that sort of stuff, would that be more of an issue than if you blanket banned everything and said, like... Choirs are out. Obviously, that doesn't make sense, but that makes sense to, 
take sports out and stuff as well. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's the thing. But sports are still allowed. So. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, they when, can go when, and when, like sniffle all over each other at soccer. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. local sport was cancelled and yeah. stuff as well. Yeah, I mean that was. Um, I think yeah, in the like kind of that six week period where New South Wales was was really locked down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Don't do anything at all. Yeah. Um, you know, which is fair enough. It seems to have worked. It seems to have saved us from the kind of disasters that we've seen overseas. Um, but, you know, as we were discussing earlier, I think that's had an impact on people as well. Like, you know, my my two boys who were, like, mad keen, really talented soccer players missed out on three quarters of a season of soccer that yeah, they'll never get back. Um, and I think, you know, we need to consider that people have paid a really big price for this. Um, and particularly younger generations, like all of those people in casual employment, you know, your baristas, your bar staff, all of those people, when are they going to get thanked for that sacrifice? I personally probably think never. Yeah, 100%. I don't know. So I often think about that, but also think like, for example, what happened in Italy, how like almost the entire population of old people got completely wiped out and stuff. Do you think they look at us and see us complaining about like, our kids not missing out on like six weeks of soccer and stuff like that and be like, you guys have it pretty good. Yeah. Like if we did let it go the way of Italy, like is it going to be worse that our kids miss out on soccer or our kids are going to sit at our grandparents' funeral? Well, we can't yeah. even sit at funerals and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you do. Like that you is an pick excellent one, point. Yeah. You've got to pick the lesser evil kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. agree with that, but like there's other things in Italy like the ridiculously high smoking culture where everyone had fuck right, arms. absolutely. Um, and, and also the, and the, the incredibly population. dense population there. The like, incredibly, yeah, and the incredibly right dense population. The um, association, so like a part of Italy where it was really bad, I'm going to forget the city, but it's on the um, the Black Sea and next to that, like they've got ridiculously high respiratory issues. Yeah. Plus, like, plus as a result like of that. So generations like, all live with each other in the same household and stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely. 100%. But so like, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Australia has some kind of unique circumstances in the way we live, but I also wouldn't like to just see us run a random willy-nilly experiment with COVID to see if it was going to be as bad as everywhere yeah. else. Like, yeah. I think that yeah. would be silly. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think, like, when first when COVID first rolled out, like, I was fucking shitting myself. Like, I, like, I nearly kicked him out of the gym because he fucking coughed. I was stressing the fuck out because we didn't know how bad it was. But then when it came out down the track that, okay, well, if, if you're healthy and if you're a reasonable age and you don't have any other three or four other conditions, it's probably not going to be that bad. Yeah. yeah. Then I think... And I, I think it's... And to go back to the civil liberty thing, I think it's... I think we need to be more careful with how many rights we give up yeah. to the government and how many decisions we, we let them make. Yeah, exactly. And we always need to be, like, conscious, questioning citizens, um, which, you know... Um, doesn't doesn't mean questioning the science or, you know, being an anarchist. It just means, you know, we elected you guys. Um, can you make sure that you explain this to us properly and make sure that our laws make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think I'd have far less of an issue with all this stuff if the laws made more sense yep. and there was no that there wasn't such a obscene amount of hypocrisy across the board. Yeah, just yep. that inconsistency. I think yeah, people struggle yeah. with, and it's hard to expect people to comply with laws that make very little sense. Hundred percent. Well, that's um, like even I think I don't know whether it was after the powerlifting seminar or after the comp or whatever, but we we're going to go for a drink after, and um, we got refused from a bunch of how it work. We went to a few restaurants that served beers, and they were like, no, nah, you need to be seated. Like, we've got ridiculously 
tight restrictions, and then we went to the Anson, which is a pub that serves food, and I think they're a different classification. I'm not sure jumping on the law side if I'm wrong. But yeah, they no. had far less restrictions than someone that was classified just as a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And we're doing the same shit. We're drinking beers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been incredibly stressful on businesses to get their heads around what they can and can't do like just from our point of view with the studio it seems to change every fortnight like how many people can we have in a class I don't know I actually don't know off the top of my head right now which is terrible <laughs> yeah well like, like we had to be very reactionary like me and my partner Raz like we were fucking watching the news on Sunday night and we we're like oh looks like we're closing the gym tomorrow at lunchtime yeah like, and, and yeah. that was just it and we just followed suit because everyone else did yeah well I, we the center had like these covid marshals come through and tell us what we could have per square meter in our stores and i could have three people including myself in my store but if i put x's on the ground i could have up to six yeah good they didn't good. have to stand on the x's or anything like that oh you just had to have the, the x's yeah right which may, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. what? what the fuck? Yeah, yeah no. that's crazy. I don't know, and, that, and, that, and that's, like, that's the same thing, like... And we, we talked before about the, um, the mask situation, so about the law around masks, and one, I guess, is... And I, I think I follow this dude, Will Twiggy, who sort of, like, keeps up to date with the New South Wales and Victorian legislation about the masks thing, and he sort of posts one time saying, look, like... Yes, it's mandated, but if you have a medical condition, you can yep. get out of it. And if you're pulled up by police, you don't actually have to provide that medical certificate. You just need to say, no, I've got a medical condition. You can get out of the fine sort of thing. But I don't know. What's your thoughts on being dictated to one by government and then two by employers with masks, for example? Yeah, I think, um, I think masks is an interesting one because... Um, there seems to be some question around their efficacy, for one thing. So are they actually stopping people from getting COVID? Um, I think um, I think there's legitimate questions about their usefulness. Um, but I also think, um, and just from an issue I've been dealing with at work lately, um, there is there are some health reasons that might not be really obviously apparent to everyone I know someone who can't wear a mask because it is very triggering um you know it's it's a you know reminds this person of some horrible things that happened um particularly in the context of violence um and wearing a mask gives this person terrible panic attacks so you know I think I think we have to be really conscious of the fact that that is not going to work for everybody Mm. um and aware that perhaps um, it's not kind of a one-size-fits-all approach. And I know there are other kind of, you know, um, more serious health concerns around masks as well, like, you know, respiratory issues and, you know, even if they just give you really bad acne. Mm. <laughs> it's not ideal, really. Um, it seem, I mean, it seems to have been working in the places where they've been doing it. Like, it seems to have been reducing the spread, which is great. I think if we can show that, if we can sell it to people as something that is actually going to help and actually going to get us back out there in the community, then great. But, it again, it needs to be properly explained to us why that yeah, needs 100%. to happen. Not just wear a mask because dot, dot, dot. Because we said. Yeah. Yeah, like I, um, a mate of mine works at the hospital and it's, like, mandated that they've got to wear masks there. Again, makes sense because you're around immunocompromised people that aren't going to be faring too well with the virus. But it literally says on the box, does not stop the prevention of COVID-19. 
Oh, good. On, on, the, on the box of the masks. It's because the maker of the masks doesn't want to get sued. <laughs> yeah, copy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, and I don't know. Like, my thoughts on that is if you want to wear a mask, wear a fucking mask. If you don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Yeah. Like, and I think there's this big thing where, I don't know, like, to me it's individual responsibility. Like, if you don't want to, if you're really concerned about spreading the virus, wear a mask. That's fine. No worries with me. But my issue is when people really get on their goat and people go, oh, you should be wearing a fucking mask and start yeah. abusing and berating people over it. I, I think that's an issue. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think a lot of laws, like the mask law, rely on people being willing to do something for the greater good, even if it doesn't make much personal sense to them. And I get that. It's like, for example, um, I think, you know, I'm a firm believer in the... I'm a, yeah, believer is not the word. I... Um, respect the science on climate change but I think even if you don't you should see the value of having a cleaner fresher planet Um, Mm. the same with masks I guess like there is a greater good argument that um, if it doesn't save all the old people then what have we lost but if it does then we've done a wonderful thing Um, but also I see that point of view that it's it's a real it's it's asking a lot of people. Like, it really is asking a lot of people to wear a face covering in public. It, to a certain extent, takes away your ability to communicate and connect with people. It's uncomfortable. 100%. It's physically really awkward for some people. Like, it's actually a big thing to ask people to do. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really having a big social impact. Like, yeah. Like, people can't smile at each other. Like, you, yeah. Like, it sounds like a little thing, but, like... Well, it's not. Like, our, and I think what we've probably learned throughout you know, this last disastrous 12 months is that social contact is really important. Like, you know, doing, you know, sit-ups in your lounge room is not the same as going to the gym. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Totally agree with that. You know when, like, I don't know if you guys get this, but, like, it's commonplace to not wear your hoodie into a a, a shop, right? Like, your hood on, or, like, like, with sunnies or something. But then you can wear a mask that cover-ups half your face anyway. Like, I watch people go into, because my store's near Smoke Mart, and, like, that's, like, a typical place that has shoplifting happen to it all the time. And people go in there with a mask on and sunnies, and no one bats an eye because it's, like, a mask, like, kind of thing. I but totally like, if you would go have used there, that to buy smokes when I was under 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, Hold giving myself ID some wrinkles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We just gave heaps people an ID then, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then be like, well, yeah. I can show you my ID, but is it me? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man, if I was 17, I'd be doing that tomorrow. Right? That's such a fucking good idea. Uh, <laughs> sorry just... for all of the suggestions. I've just given all of the teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's sweet. That's, yeah. that's sick. Um, yeah. All right, we're getting off the COVID topic. I feel like that's been the bulk of a lot of. It's been very relevant. It has been oh, relevant. relevant. It's going to continue to be relevant. Everyone else is over it. Jack's yeah. over it. We're all over it. Let's go about <laughs> our day. Right. Yeah, good. Yeah, nah. I um, I told Jack the other day that I like woke up out of bed, did the wrong thing, fucking scrolled on my phone straight away, and seen this video of this mum that was out exercising with her kid, right? Yeah. And then it's up, it was on RV Yemeni, who's a notorious shit stirrer and like, always questions anything the government does. And he's got, like, this report show where this lady was walking in Sydney and she had, like, this, like, picket banner fucking A-frame thing around her saying, um, like, we shouldn't have our civil liberties taken, basically, and things like that. 
and it was one of the most putrid videos I've ever seen where like cops rolled up on her and they were like you're breaching COVID she's like oh, I'm not like we're social distancing this is my kid we live together and this kid's like maybe four and like it just escalated fucking so quick got out of hand and all of a sudden like she's getting manhandled by like fucking did this happen months ago? might have I've only I've only just shown up in my feed but she got like ragdolled ragdolled by like six seven eight cops and jammed yeah. in the back of a patio it's a fucking terrible video and she's, she was basically like no like I'm not I'm not doing anything wrong and it just more and more out of hand and she got jammed in the back of a paddy wagon they slammed the door on her leg and Jeez. then pushed it was and like that like I watch videos like that and I'm like yeah okay people have been given too much power yep. in this situation I'm trying to remember that because I, I remember seeing that exact video yeah and I don't want to sound like I'm just like but I'm pretty sure that chick was in the wrong from what like yeah, the resolution of that whole thing. I, can't I, I have it was, no doubt. I guarantee that she was in the wrong. Okay, I won't. I won't yeah. guarantee she's in the wrong. Yeah, but I, I have no <laughs> doubt that RV Emily would have clipped that video to like frame it to suit his own thing because yeah. he's very anti-government yeah. control and like people getting brainwashed and that sort of shit. Yeah. All right, sick. Should we move on to the juicy topic? Oh, what's next? All right, so we were at the Christmas party a few weeks ago, a few weeks oh, ago now. I'd I had just 27 had a, oh, oh, I just yeah. had a, a brain snap. I was like, I've seen your face before. <laughs> and I know you go to the gym, but it was, I remember yeah. talking The Christmas to party. Because, you yeah. probably had 27 tequilas as well. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why I only just remembered it. Welcome back, Nathan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, his night is coming back to him. Yeah. Don't oh, you love Jesus. it when that happens? Man, that Christmas party, like, I was like, I woke up in the morning I was like I was pretty crook but I was like I remember everything that's so good <laughs> oh I love it when that happens and then the whole next week people are like bro do you remember this I'm like oh no yeah. no, <laughs> no I don't remember that at all I hey. remember being at Lord Anson and then my bank account remembers me being at the <laughs> Washington Co <laughs> and I bought $400 worth of espresso martinis and excellent yeah that was my night. Kelvin, it sounds like you were hanging out with my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, fabulous. But yeah, the, the conversation we had at the um, the Anson, and like probably me or Swanee, me and Swanee, we made a comment about uh, feminism in yep. one of the podcasts. And again, fucking feel free to jump in if I'm wrong, but you're a feminist? I am indeed. Yep. Loud and proud. Okay. Oh, well, okay. What, what else? Oh, yeah, you're yeah, you're, yeah you're, and. You're we, um, it, I think the whole premise of this show is like we, like even me and Swanee, we've got a lot of shit in common, but we totally disagree on a lot of things and yep. we have good back and forth and try and work shit out. And, you know, we've got caught in those situations before where we bagged out gastric bypass surgery before. And Oops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some pretty, um... <laughs> pretty passionate people <laughs> but, um, but off the back end of that we had some really good conversations yeah. like to be fair like, we spent what three hours in the park with Mel discussing yeah. the whole situation yeah. like yeah. and I don't know like I certainly don't have an issue and like you said the same thing like, like your favourite thing's opinions yeah. sort of thing and like yeah, you know, I, I certainly have no issue putting my opinion out there and I thoroughly fucking enjoy having back and forth with people that I disagree with or think differently or yeah. Yeah, XYZ yeah and, um, yeah, we pretty much said, like, let's lock in a pod and yeah. shoot yeah. shit when it comes to feminism. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, what, what I was saying, I think in the, I said in the last podcast was, by definition, I would say that myself and Lyle would be feminists in the sense that we have mothers, we have 
partners, whatever, one day we might have daughters and stuff, and we want to see them at the top of their game, regardless of the situation, regardless of the job, yeah. all that sort of stuff. We want pure equality for all that sort of stuff. I think the what Lyle's getting at is the there's a million different definitions for feminism these days, and I guess we probably definitely have more issues than the more ex- with the more extreme yeah. ones, like the you know your pink haired people that are screaming down any white guy that walks down like a, a like a footpath kind of thing um so i think it'd probably be best to like well not best but like what's your um definition of feminism to yourself yeah that's a really good question and i think i think you're right and i think um i think extremists in any kind of area of life tend to ruin it and i'll tell you a story about that in a minute about where I found myself on the wrong side of someone's feminism. Um, for me, um, for me, I think it's really important that even in 2021 Australia, where women have it just about as good as anywhere on the planet, we still have challenges. Um, there are there is a gender pay gap. Um, there is a problem with violence against women there are areas in life where we still don't have equal opportunities. And for me, my feminism is about, it's about structural inequality and politics and changing that, changing, you know, the way we operate so that those inequalities don't exist. I think feminists make the mistake of occasionally getting bogged down in the tiny little detail. Um, I was having a discussion on a Facebook group that I've been part of for ages the other day and someone posted a picture of a pole dancer doing a really cool move, like a move that takes someone four years to learn. She's upside down, she's holding herself, you know, out by her arms, like incredible strength, wearing these high heels and... um, the post was about how women shouldn't exploit themselves in this way. And that's where I kind of, like that kind of identity feminism, which comes down to you're not a good feminist if you wear high heels or you're not a good feminist if you really love sex with men. Like, you know, that kind of thing where your personal choices come into whether or not you're doing it properly really pissed me off. And I ended up leaving because I'm like, I'm not going to be part of a group that tells me I'm a stripper because I'm a pole dancer. Like, this is the most empowering, strong thing I've ever done in my life. Just because it has those connotations doesn't mean that I'm not all about women um, and not all about protecting and empowering women. Um, Yeah, I think... I hate to use the term, like, political correctness because sometimes that term is used to, to justify saying stupid, awful things. But, yeah, I think sometimes we should be conscious of not not getting bogged down in tiny little details like that because I don't want to have an argument about what pole dancing means when I could be having an argument about the gender pay gap. Mm. Really? That makes sense. That makes sense. And, like, I, I fully agree with the... Um, I agree with the whole identity politics sort of thing where... And I think it's a massive issue with, like, say, groupthink and where if you... Right. Yeah. Again, we'll use feminism as an example. And you're a person that says, "Sweet, I um, I want equal opportunity for men and women." Yeah. Like, and we talked about this last week. Is yeah. like, if like in my opinion, if you disagree with that statement, you're more than likely a piece of shit. Yeah. If you yeah. don't want equal opportunity. Yeah. Like, like, and that's that's across the board. That's fucking men and women, black and white, fucking X Y Z. If if you don't believe in equal opportunity, in in my opinion, as pretty high percentile you're going to be a piece of shit yeah. yeah 
And and I think people... The thing is, sometimes people will agree with that statement without necessarily understanding what it means. And part of... It's like, it's hard to see racism if you're white. It's hard to see the patriarchy if you're male. And it's hard to... Sometimes it's hard to take a step back from that and understand that it not... By disadvantaging women, it advantages you. Oof, let's get into this. So, okay, but it, same flip side of the coin. I don't think for a second, just because you're white or male, your opinion should be disregarded. Oh, 100% in, 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 not. In that sense, and I think that happens quite a bit now. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this? Yeah, back to the groupthink thing. So, and I think people will say, yeah, I believe in... Equal opportunity totally makes sense, and I've got fucking zero issue with equal opportunity. Yeah. And but then they get caught, and like I guess where I have the issue with feminism now is I think, and I guess it comes down to how we define it, is if feminism purely about equal opportunity, fucking zero issues here at all. But as Swanee said, I I feel like the concept's been hijacked by fucking. Radical man hating fucking very close mindedness yeah. and stuff as well. Like I'll see like for example, like you said, the gender pay gap kind of thing. And there's a lot of evidence that definitely disputes the fact that there's a gender pay gap. So for instance, mm. I went um to my account the other day, had to get two employees signed up into the zero software. And he said, how much, like he told me the award rate. It wasn't, the award rate is $21.60 for this guy and $21.60 for this girl doing the same thing kind of thing. Uh, when it comes to like, like the gender pay gap, people take it as like a guy and a woman, a guy and a girl doing the same job and they get paid differently. Yeah. So it's not, um, that is not how it works. So all yeah. our awards are obviously gender neutral. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the way there's a structural issue with the way women are paid for the same work and it tends to occur more in those kind of upper echelons of the private sector yeah. than it does at Woolworths, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And there are numerous reasons for that. But again, it's the structures, it's the fact that women, you know, once you have kids, you end up generally being the person who raises those kids yep. um, you're the one who has the responsibility for finding childcare that kind of stuff that like it does advantage guys if, if you want to have children um, but you get all the joy of that and then you can just go back to your full time job then good for you but who's raising your children and yeah the um the whole being pregnant and having kids thing is the only part of all of that I agree with. Like, I, I think the um, the gender pay gap outside of that is a fair bit of BS, to yeah. be honest, in my opinion. I think there's some, you know, I don't have anything on me, but I think there's some pretty good evidence to show that it, it's definitely, yeah, it's and, definitely and, a thing. And, and I would I would argue the opposite, saying, and like, I'd agree I don't have anything on me yeah. either, but, but I think would, there's some yeah. solid evidence to say... It, I feel like it's like, very, like 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 yeah. I don't know that it exists anymore. Or like probably like uh, that's a, okay. Like yes, in some situations, I'm fucking hundred percent sure it exists. But for the most part, I don't think it does. Hey, like I, I really don't. Like I think people get paid the same thing for the same job. Yeah. And one one of the definitions I heard was if you take the overall uh, net gross whatever income of men and compare it to women. On average, it's more. And 
to me, there's so many more arguments to be had about that. Okay, like, okay, well, how many hours worked, and what field was that in? Like, so mm. usually, usually mechanical engineering, which has a higher percentile of males, is going to get paid more than hairdressers, which has a higher percentile of chicks. Yeah. But there's also there's also structural reasons why women didn't end up in mechanical engineering. Um, Can you drill down a little bit more on that? Like, I, I think that comes down to people, like, and that's why we talk, like, and the argument always is, is do we want equal opportunity where people are free to choose what field they want or yeah. do we want a quality of outcome, which means it needs to be 50-50 mechanical engineers, chicks and men? I think... Because um, that, that's, that's dictating people's choice rather than enabling them to make a choice. Yeah. I think the way, um, the way gender works um, is... It starts from birth um, in terms of, you know, the, and I, I probably know that I do it as a parent in terms of just that fundamentally different way that I treat my daughter compared to my sons, um, which I try very hard not to do, um, but kind of assume that she is going to be nurturing and kind and they're going to be aggressive and outgoing. Um, it's something that we all kind of subconsciously do. We assume that because you're female, you behave in a certain way. Because you're male, in a, you behave in a certain way. Because you're female, you might be good at maths. Um, English, because you're male, you're good at maths. That kind of thing. Which is, like, it's just this... Do you think any of that's hardwired? Or do you think that's all cultural coming through? Or, obviously, I, let's not make it black and white. Like, obviously, it's going to be a bit of both. Yeah, Yeah, I think a bit of both. Um, I've been, I'm actually really interested in the issue of gender because... Um, it's kind of changing the topic slightly, but I don't know if you were familiar with the outcry about what J.K. Rowling wrote. So the Harry Potter author yeah. wrote this essay about transgender issues um, and was shouted down about it and cancelled and, you know, wasn't allowed to speak in public, etc. You know, the usual thing that happens when... Can I get a bit more context? Like, was she, was she for empowering so what, transgender people? Was she no, against? so what she was talking about was the fact that um, first of all, that there's an issue in the UK with um, transgender men being in female-only spaces. So there's been some... Okay, so, so, so just so we're all getting the same definitions here, this is people with penises that yeah. have decided... Sorry, so tra transgender girl. women. So there's been an issue in the UK with people getting convicted of violent crimes and then saying hey, I identify as a woman, and going to female prison, even though what they're the still... And, and they still have the junk. Still biologically a male. There's been an issue particularly in the US with transgender women playing sport against women, so, like, 90-kilogram yeah, yeah. biological males playing sport against biological females. Yeah. doesn't matter how you identify and what you feel you are, you're still bigger and stronger. Yeah. She was talking about that, and she was also talking about this really dramatic increase in the UK of young women transitioning to boys and the problem that she was seeing with that is not the problem is that we're telling young women that you have to behave in this certain way like you should be you should be small you should be meek you should be quiet you should wear dresses and if they're not behaving in that way we're telling them go and get on puberty blockers so that you can turn into a boy that's the problem i see with gender that instead of that, hey. instead of like being I, I don't see that we're telling people that i, I really don't yeah, I think we are. I think. Well, like, like, okay, like, are you talking subconsciously? Like, 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 my niece, for example, she wants to wear trackies over her dress one day. I don't give a fuck. Her mum doesn't. I reckon fuck. if you you're know what I mean? like, I reckon if you're a fifteen-year-old boy at school who wants to do ballet, you get the shit kicked out of you. 
No, there's nah. dancers up at the thing nah. above the gym. I don't think They're so. I think, that's, I, think, I think that's really dated. I think that's a, yeah. like, there's, there's so many dancers. Well, my argument for this was, and I was thinking about this on the drive home from Lithgow yesterday, was like the whole debate whether culturally we're telling women to be more feminine and men to be more masculine and it should be everyone can do everything kind of thing. Chimpanzees have 98.6% of our DNA. Like, we're identical in that way. Whenever there's... And there's no cultural effects happening to chimpanzees. You go out into the wild, you witness the male chimpanzees doing all, like, the hunting and all that sort of stuff, and you witness all the female chimpanzees being more maternal and looking after the children and stuff. There's no cultural impact to that. Like, I think a lot of it does come down to, like biology and things like that and that comes into the gender pay gap where as we we're saying before men and women typically go into different industries obviously there's outliers and all that sort of stuff yeah. but women are more maternal three of my ex-girlfriends um are nurses my mum's a nurse and my sister is studying to be a nurse my both my grandparents my grandmothers were nurses kind of thing like i don't think cultural culture obviously could have absolutely the thing is though like we are that. not chimpanzees like we have incredibly right absolutely advanced, you know our brains are the you know smartest computer yeah. that will ever exist and i think um i think when we um you know just from a personal example like for example my husband is a probably more of a hands-on parent yeah. than i am like he was the one who was a lighter sleeper so he would get up in the middle of the night attach child to my breast move child to next breast put child back in bed I would like occasionally wake up for some of it like he is that that person for the kids probably their their primary their primary nurturing attachment I'm not saying I'm not but that's very much his role in our family and I think we make a mistake when we assume that um that perhaps and we do men a disservice when we say women are more maternal I think we need to give people an opportunity to explore that and sometimes we don't sometimes you know so and sometimes that's um sometimes that's a problem for women going i don't trust him to feed the baby because god knows what he'd do but chances yeah. are he's not gonna fuck it up yeah it's not it's not rocket science yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know like i i think there's definitely more to be said about the genetic component than genetic the cultural i think i think coding. cultural fucking 100 yeah. comes into it but i um yeah, I, I don't see us that if chicks don't wear dresses to like we're telling them to take puberty blockers. I don't see that. Yeah, I mean like what four well, years there has, ago. There has to be some reason why there's been an exponential increase in young women wanting to transition into. Young totally women. agree with like, that. that. There, there has to be a reason. I totally and it's something that a hundred percent needs to be explored because to me it's concerning. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Same so, and like again, like same vice versa. Yeah. dudes transitioning to chicks like, yeah. and that, making that, 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 it's know. all getting jacked up like and like yeah there has to be a fucking reason there's massive like, growth there's in it. absolute and fucking agreement there. i think you know making lifelong permanently altering medical decisions when you're 14 years old is something that you know something that we all need to ask really serious questions nuts, about hey yeah. it's fucking nuts um we'll dial back because i think we're gonna like so women men identifying as chicks to compete in chicks events yeah I think that's so fucked up, so fucking stupid, and shouldn't be, like, allowed. And I think it's so weird that it's become this cultural norm thing and you're a fucking yeah. asshole if you speak against it. Yeah, and part of the issue is, as a feminist, 
because like feminism has kind of split in two directions on this issue where you're either really inclusive of trans women and you accept them as part of the feminist movement or if you have any questions about that at all then you're a little bit of a pariah and that's kind of where I have come up against some issues kind of with my traditional feminism because I do have questions about this I don't want people with penises in my female only spaces I don't care how they identify it actually scares me no I got no arguments here right? I'd feel just <laughs> as un- <laughs> I, honestly I'd feel just as uncomfortable as if like a transgender male was like trying to piss next to me at the trough like you know I mean? like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Get out of my urinal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and we've kind of fought really hard for that. And I think, um, you know, being, being female has, like, you know, going back to biology, it has its biological disadvantages. You, um, you know, you're smaller, you're weaker, you're the one who has to go through childbirth, you get your period every month, all of that stuff, which kind of puts you on the back foot to start with biologically. Like, it, you know it affects you physically, um, you don't get to just turn around and go, yeah, I understand that. I know what it's like if you've never been through it. Like, I yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, I know that this is, yeah, it's probably extraordinarily unpopular, but it's just a concern I have, and it's a growing concern, particularly in terms of the prison situation um, in the US and the UK um, and some violent crimes that have occurred by transgender women against biological women in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's something yeah, that we really be, need yeah. to look at. But it, it's something that I feel like like if, you're, if you question it, then you're just not woke enough. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, we're, we're currently in a, a um, bit of a woke off at the gym. <laughs> can you well. just get more woke for we're, me, please? We're, 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 I can still see the word pussy on that sign. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to cross it out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And that's what we were saying earlier. Like maybe if we had, like, under don't be a pussy, we have don't be a soft cock to be more <laughs> gender inclusive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, it has never bothered me in the slightest. Yeah, copy. <laughs> I, I think with that stuff, like, I don't know. I Personally, I think in Australia, compared to a lot of places around the world, We've got it that fucking good. It's not like it's ridiculous how good we've got it, how much opportunity we have here, yeah. how much of a fucking safety net there is for like, people not working, all that sort of shit. Like, we fucking look after a lot of, yeah. lack of a better word, weak, unmotivated people. Yeah. And I just think people find shit to bitch and whinge about no matter how good they've got it. Hey. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Well, as I was going to say before, too, before we start heading that way, this is probably backtracking a bit, how we're talking about equal opportunity but not equal outcome. I think society as a general would be disadvantaged if we were like, everything has to be 50, 50, uh, I can't even speak, 50, 50 men, women, 50, 50 black, white kind of thing. It should be the best person for the job. And I had this discussion and this is probably might get under people's shirts a little bit. I had this discussion with someone, I can't even remember when, this was like six months ago, about whether or not women should be in the military and absolutely there's a hundred thousand jobs for women in the military and all that sort of thing the issue that i brought up was when it comes to being like a front front linesman you know you're going out into war doing you being a soldier basically the requirements for a woman to make it in were less than a male to make it in and my argument was if i was in a group of people and say 
I had shot at. And I had to be able to carry 50 kilos over my back and I had to be able to run eight kilometers without stopping. But my counterpart that was with me only had, was required to carry 20 kilometers over their back and only had to run four kilometers, right? My issue was if I was, it was just down to me and my female counterpart that had to do less to get to that position I was in. If she got shot, I could carry her back the 50 whatever depend obviously there's going to be different yeah but like nine times out of like whatever you know the majority of the time the guy's going to be able to carry back the girl yeah but whereas if, i'm not definitely carry i'm not carrying you back that's exactly not that's my point that's what i'm saying <laughs> if i'm it would not even dragging yeah. you half a meter exactly <laughs> that is a hundred percent my point and, and yeah sorry yeah, yeah whereas they were saying no it should be both men and women on the front line and things like that. My argument was, so if you get shot, you live because I carry you back. But if I get shot, I have to die because the army had to let you in because everyone kicked up a stink, it should be 50-50. Yeah, my, my thing, really I'll, cut real, I'll, cut it, I'll cut it real quick. Like, like my, my thing with that, and my thing is, I do not give a fuck what the fucking ratio is. Like, if, if it turns out fucking, like, like, chicks are getting more jacks than dudes or oh, whatever, yeah. fucking yeah. 80-20, fine, whatever. Yeah. But, like, there was the same thing happened with the fireys. It had to, they went through the thing where it had to be 50-50 and they changed entry requirements. Yeah. Now, if I'm in a house burning down, yeah. I do not give a fuck at all. And if I, like, like I, want the, I want the person, the person. Now, whether that means, that, like, big jack, tongue and chick coming in, grabbing yeah. me <laughs> over some fucking beta pussy with a fucking man bun. Yeah, 100%. All fucking day. Yeah. All fucking day. Yeah. I, but that, that's the thing. Like, like I, I've, I, like, if, and I, I can even, my old bodybuilding coach used to be a fire and he used to get really fired up about this. And he was saying it used to set off bad the um the chicks that had got into the fireys before they changed entry requirements because like, it was taking, like, it was taking yeah. something off them because, like, they'd, they'd Again, like, it, let's leave to like, what the fuck are we even talking about if you've got, like, whether you sit down or stand up to piss? Yeah. Let's just find the best person to fucking yeah. do the job. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and I think you can totally have particularly legitimate arguments about safety, um, and that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something that offends feminism. Like, that is a practical consideration. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, if you, if you have a choice between the person who can save your life and the person who's got absolutely no chance, then, yeah, yeah absolutely. Best person, all day. Best person of the job, yeah. yeah. If I if I get shot in the leg and I turn and I see this big, beautiful, six-foot tall <laughs> chick, she's going to sling me over my shoulder. You're like, I need mouth-to-mouth. -mouth yeah, yeah, she's going to sling me over the shoulder and run back to base camp and sign me up. Yeah, but like, But, like, if the requirement's lesser... You could make the argument, but what if a lesser guy gets in kind of thing? But he won't because the requirements mm. for being a guy are more to get into the army mm. kind of thing. And my problem is, when does that start leaking into universities mm. or stuff where we go, we want 50-50% men and women, and we're going to make, the to get to that quota, we're going to make the requirements what, for like, women to get in or whatever. Even though... I, like, I, don't even know, I don't even know what the ratio of uni is. I don't uh, know whether it's like 60-40 yeah. dudes, chicks. I've, I've got no idea, yeah. but... Uh, it will depend, very much depend on what kind of discipline you're talking about. Yeah. I think there are... Um, but that, yeah. In really male-dominated environments, mm -hmm. um, I think there are potentially some legitimate arguments for... 
uh, deliberately upping the quota of women. And the reason for that is that being a woman in an entirely male-dominated environment can be really tough um, and that that's only going to change the more women that are in there and the more it kind of, like, that workplace kind of changes. Because some of those, I mean, it's come out in the legal profession recently um, with some you know, horrifying revelations about a judge being pretty touchy-feely with his associates, that, you know, that profession can be really hard for women um, as well. So I think, yeah, I, I get it in some industries. I, I don't think that 50-50, you know, just a blanket rule is your answer in the slightest. Yeah. But I think that some kind of positive discrimination in some areas um, can help. I think, for example, the same thing goes with if you're employing someone who needs to have a particular understanding of Indigenous issues, ideally employ an Indigenous person. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I think that comes down to best person for the job. Yeah, like, absolutely. And I think... And, like, I, I think people get really obsessed with, like, things need to change now and, like, we need to mandate things right now where, like... I don't know, like, I, I always, like... And not that I have the best self-esteem on the planet, don't get me wrong, but for me it all comes back to just, like, if people have better self-esteem, then you don't have to worry about making this super woke, inclusive culture. Like, if you feel yeah. really good about yourself, then... It then you're less really... likely to be really easily offended. Yeah, 100%. Mm. 100%. Like, I think that's a generational thing of and not, what do we not do? giving like, out fucking participation is... medals and raising better people. What's your... Like, how do you feel about how we how do we fix that? Like, how do we make sure that people do have that confidence and that they're, you know, not just looking for things to be upset about? How, how do we do that? Mm. How do we how do we make people more competent? Yeah. Confident, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, personally, I think... Um, oh, fuck. Stop pissing I, I in think, that pocket with issues that don't matter for start. I, how do I say this? Like... I think one of the cornerstones of it is I was talking to a, a teacher about this yesterday and he was saying like one of the things you can do like or that like and again like we we always fucking get in arguments about oh what about this outlier and this person that did this but as a percentile there is like more kids that succeed coming out of two-parent households than single-parent households, just as a fucking ratio. Um, and I I think a lot of um, shit in the world... And I, 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 do, I do not think it's an overnight fix whatsoever. Um, but I think really focusing on the family unit would be a fucking incredible start to raising better people. Um, I think we need to stop... Um, how do I say this? We need to stop. Like it's okay. It's the participation medal mentality. We need to stop rewarding lack of work. Yeah. Because because in in my opinion, like if if yeah, a kid ra- is raised from naught to eighteen and the entire time they've done a shit job in sport, they've done shit in school, and they said, "No, it's all good, fucking Billy. You don't you're doing a great job. Here's a fucking certificate for it. Like look how good you are." I, I think it's really cruel, and I think that sets people up. For a um, for a really fucking hard traumatic because like because like, yeah. life is hard, right? And yeah, I don't, because and I don't, yeah. And I don't think as soon as you get out of school, life. you're not going to get a high five for just showing up. Fucking no way. That's and and that's the thing. I, and I think I, th- I think 
like I think everyone can agree like life is hard you're going to go through traumatic shit you're going to go through upsetting things like people you fucking know are going to die and that's going to be upsetting and all this stuff and like, like life life's this a fucking amazing thing but it's a very fucking hard thing at the same yeah. time I think and yeah I think you're really you like I, I think, think the word maybe up. is resilience is what you're talking about like making yeah. sure that you can bounce back from those challenges and you can learn from fail- failures and they don't crush you um, yeah. I think it's a passed yeah. down generational thing though so if you think about like whatever your grandparents would have told you about their parents they were, the, the, nine times out of ten they're always the hard asses, and then your grandparents they soften up a little bit and then your parents don't want to be like your grandparents so they soften up a little bit more and then it goes down the line and the line and the yeah, line yeah and the yeah line yeah like that. So I Sorry, I, like I read this really good quote the other day, and like it, by no intention is it meant to say, man, you can change a person if you want. But the quote is, um, what is it? Fuck it, fuck. S- strong men make easy times, and then easy times create weak men, and then, no, sorry, easy times create weak men, weak men create hard times, and then hard times create strong men. And it's like this cyclical thing where, and that goes back to what I said earlier, like, We've actually got it that fucking good and we're choosing to fucking bitch and whinge and fucking squander all the fucking opportunity there is in the world right now. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think I think we are... We've got this fucking terrible victim culture where people... like And, you know, you're in the legal profession and you, and you see a lot of fucked up shit. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you've had to deal with a lot of fucked up shit. Like, there is, there's fucking zero arguments here that there's some people going through proper... Bad times, and but I think a lot of people really whinge when there's not much to whinge about um, yeah. in Australia. And I, I, I think the, the the answer to your question is to raise better people. It's to focus on the family unit. It's to be honest with people and let them know like when they're fucking up, when they're going well, and just be fucking very honest. And I think through whatever fucking channel it is, whether it's like lifting weights. Um, pole dancing, horse riding, fucking whatever it might be, is finding things that help people to feel more confident within themselves. Yeah. Because if you're more confident within yourself, then reading the word fucking don't be a pussy on the wall doesn't upset you so much. It's really interesting. I think about this lot a lot as a parent. I've got like kids who are 12, 9, and 8. Um, there's no magical formula to that, but at the moment, like they're all really good, they're confident, they do well at school, they have heaps of friends, they don't give me any shit, you know, just the occasional shit. Um, and I'm like a friend of mine because no one ever tells you if you're doing a good job as a parent like you don't get a medal for that and you don't know if you fucked it up or not until 30 years later when you're like whoa mate (laughs) I need a redo on that one (laughs) Uh, but a friend of mine said to me the other day she doesn't have kids and it was one of the nicest things anyone has ever said to me she's like I really like coming to your house like of all of the people I know with kids because your kids are calm they're polite you make sure they eat their their vegetables you jump on them if they do something rubbish Um, and they're really really nice human beings to be around and you're doing a great job and I was like whoa I think I cried I was like thank you I am (laughs) but like I think the solution like the the key to that is being like, A, loving them unconditionally. You obviously do that. But also, from day one, you just don't put up with rubbish behaviour. Like, it's just, like, it's really, and it's it's hard work to make sure that, you know, someone is not a horrible person because, you know, three-year-olds are programmed to be horrible. But just constant work on that and work on communicating and how to communicate and how to be nice to people and all of that stuff and being grateful for what you have and... Um, 
and that stability, like knowing what to expect when you get home from school, knowing that your mum is going to be in a good mood and she's not going to be passed out on the lounge drunk and yeah, all of that stuff. I think, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but it seems to be working. Um, and I think maybe being a bit more conscious about parenting is something that people could do. Like, this is a really important job. It's not just it's not just babysitting for 18 years. Like, yeah. this is the rest. This is the next generation. This is the future. Put some effort into it. Yeah. Do Fucking it error. properly. Yeah. Fucking error. I, and, and don't and make excuses for, you know, shitty behaviour as a parent. I'm saying. And, and, and that's what, um, like, so we, we had a couple of our really close friends on the podcast a little while ago, Lindsay and Corey, and they do a lot of work. They, they do a lot of coaching of parents of how to parent. And the thing that came out of that podcast was like, fuck, like, like you know, like... I don't go to a jiu-jitsu class and pretend to know anything because I'm, like, I'm fucking useless at it. So you go yeah. somewhere to learn it. Same with, same, like, someone doesn't know how to do shit in the gym. Yeah, come and do us and show you. And, and, like, people, like, I don't think there's any shame in, like, if you, if you don't know how to parent or you should have parenting, get some fucking help parenting. Yeah, and like, it's really, like, it's kind of something we leave people alone with. Like, 100%. you know, you have this baby, they kick you out of the hospital 48 hours later and they're like, bye, have fun with that. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> like we could actually... fucking terrible. Yeah, we could actually do more <laughs> about, like, supporting people as well as having that solid family unit, like a solid social unit to make sure that people are supported through that because if you mess it up in those first few crucial years, you cause irrevocable damage to a child's brain yep. like if you if their primary attachments aren't there they're going to be psychologically damaged for the rest of their life 100%. if yep. you don't get it right you can, you cannot go back on that yeah and i'm not going to quote this perfectly but like a, a lot of people like that talk about raising children a lot of success people like like a lot of children self seems built in the first seven years of their development yeah so like yeah i i think there's a lot of issues in culture at the moment where it's And I think, you know, what you mentioned before with the participation medal, the easy, like the easy solution to that, what appears to be the easy solution is to just tell everyone they're doing great all the time. That's not, that's not the solution. To me, that's not actually loving. No. That's not loving. Loving is telling people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Yeah. That's how I think of that. It's laziness. Like that's a lazy way. You're not giving that kid the chance to like better themselves either yeah. kind of thing like nothing makes a kid want to be first place than a, a second place medal yeah. you know what I mean like yeah yeah. and I and go back to that teacher I was talking to who teaches at one of the private schools in Orange and he was saying like if a parent cares about their child and genuinely wants to succeed, their child to succeed one of the two best things that fucking parent can do is stay with their spouse while they're like obviously again there's outliers and shit situations yep. but as a statistic thing stay with their spouse build a tight family unit and make another 10 grand a year and send you can do a better school and he he said that as a teacher he's like look like if you give a fuck that's one of the best gifts you can give, yep. you can give a kid is to get them set up yeah we um we pay for private school I mean we're lawyers it's not the end of the world but it is like it means that we don't have great holidays like that's what we prioritise as um, as something that's really important because I'm like, you, you know, your education, you get that once. Um, and one of the things that I really like about the school they go to is that there are no participation medals. There's a couple of awards for the kids who are really excellent and everyone else just cheers them on. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Well, that, that, that's great. And, and that, that's to me, is going to raise good people. And to the point earlier, is like, it's um, like, I don't think any of the world's problems are like a, a snap of the finger, legislation fix. They're not a like they're, they're not a mandatory outcome fix and none of that like it's 
it's it's hard shit that's going to be generational change. Like we, we we didn't fuck it up in ten minutes, and we're probably not going to fix it in ten minutes. Yeah, is is my thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I did have something else, but I can't remember now. Yeah, so do I. That ended so wholesomely. Let's not let's not fuck that's, it. That's not <laughs> good. Let's not ruin it. I don't know. Such a such a warm, wholesome family unit touch. <laughs> and next week we'll have fucking pale horse on talking about some satanic bullshit. I mean. <laughs> oh, can I be here for that? <laughs> <laughs> that actually be pretty good, actually. That, that one's gonna go down on the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> five hours out of our day for that. <laughs> Look, I'm happy to plug it there. I've got a jet. Yeah, yep, everyone, if everyone's happy with that, nothing was left unsaid. Nothing. No, that yep. was fun. Cool. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I really, really enjoyed really that. Cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you.